Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode number 78. This episode is brought to you by my online workshop, Yearly Lesson Planning in Less Than One Hour. I have a question for you. Would you like to complete your homeschool planning for the year in less than one hour, even if you have multiple kids? And this is including all the subjects. Does this sound too good to be true? It really isn't. I embrace this minimalist approach that will take the headache out of homeschool planning. So I say throw away the teacher planning books and don't spend every week organizing worksheets. For less than a coffee date with a friend, you can learn how to successfully plan for your homeschool year like a pro. And because I know you're busy, you can complete this workshop in less than 25 minutes. So if you want to check it out, I'll drop the link in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 78. As we gear up for this new school year, I wanted to jump in and do an episode on 14 things new homeschool moms should know. The reason I'm calling it uh, an episode for new moms is because I'm assuming that if you've been homeschooling for a year or more, you've probably figured these things out maybe the hard way, maybe through trial and error. So this episode is applicable for you as well, but it's especially great for new moms jumping into this homeschooling adventure for the first time. It's going to give you some realistic expectations, tell you the most important things that you need to know going into it. So once again, you can grab um, resources and I will link to other helpful posts and that kind of thing in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 78. Now let's jump into what I think might be the 14 most important things new homeschool moms should definitely know. Okay, these 14 things are in no particular order, and I actually grabbed them from my really popular post, 88 Things New Homeschool Moms Need to Know. So I will link to that original post in the show notes, but here are some of the top ones I wanted to talk to you about. Number one, homeschooling does not have to look like public school. That's the point. Don't stress it. This is a really important one, especially if you're homeschooling for the first time this fall, pulling your kids out of public school. You might think you have to recreate all the public school systems, the way you do school, the way you sit at your desk all day, and just fill it with workbooks and worksheets. You really don't. You can just do things that are natural to your family. You can sit at the kitchen table all together with multiple kids and have everyone working on their math or whatever. You can sit on the couch and do read alouds. It's so flexible. You can go outside and do a nature study and a nature walk. Your older kids are probably pretty independent and they don't need to listen to an hour of you lecturing about this content area the way you'd listen in a classroom setting. So don't get into the trap 
gap of thinking you have to recreate public school at home. The point is you're learning at home and you can learn without all the structures of a public school classroom. Number two, you are not a slave to your curriculum. Your curriculum is there to help you. I know that if we spend especially a bunch of money on curriculum and then it doesn't work, we feel like we have to be a slave to it. We have to finish the book. We have to do it because we spent money on it. And you really don't. Remember, curriculum is working for you. And so if the way it's laid out is not working, you can change it up. If there are just too many math problems on this page for your child to successfully do in one sitting from you know working on their math, then just have them do a couple to show that they know the material. You don't have to do every problem in the book or every page or every question. You don't even use to have to use curriculum the way the curriculum publisher tells you to use it. So make sure you remember that the curriculum is a tool, you are in charge, and you can totally make it work for you. My third bit of advice would be to declutter and organize your house before you start. Now, you might be like, well, that's too late. We already started. It's not too late. You could still work on some decluttering and organizing this weekend or take a day off of school and enlist the kids' help and, you know, get rid of you know, one third of the toys or whatever it is that's driving you crazy. Go through all the, the you know, um, pencils and get rid of the ones that are just too little. Like go through and declutter areas that are driving you crazy. And I think it's great to have the kids help. And here's one more point I would make in this, um, this point of things you should know as far as decluttering and organizing. I guess I would use the word systems. If you're going to homeschool, the kids are home all day, you can't have everything on your plate. In other words, the laundry can't all be on your plate. The um, dishes cannot be all on your plate. Cleaning the house, you know, empty emptying the trash, feeding the pets. This does not need to be on your plate. When your kids are home with you, I find it awesome to be able to teach these skills because you're not sending them off quickly in the morning to catch the school bus. You're not, they're not coming home tired at the end of the day, still needing to do homework and get to bed early because they got to get up early the next day. No, you have a flexible schedule where you can incorporate your kids into the running of the household. So with five kids in my house, I have literally not done kid laundry for years and years and years. I mean, I'm sure it's been more than a decade, except when, you know, I had a toddler here and there. Of course I did the toddler's laundry, but as soon as the kids are about four years old, there's no reason they can't throw their stuff in the washing machine, move it to the dryer, and then learn how to put it in the correct drawer in their room. And I don't even make my little kids fold their laundry. There's just no point. They, As long as they throw it in the correct drawer, we're good. And so if you have a lot of kids, don't be the one doing all the household chores. Definitely incorporate that into your homeschool routine. And that's one way that you're really going to be able to handle the extra responsibility of homeschooling because you're not doing everything by yourself. The fourth thing that I think new homeschool moms need to know is that you can homeschool on a tight budget. Now, what's so funny around here is with all the schools sending kids home when the pandemic hit and then even prepping for the fall, they put, they were buying like all the kids um, iPads, super expensive. Does your kindergartner have to have an iPad to be able to learn at home? For sure not. <laughs> if you want to go and spend that money, it's your life. You can certainly spend that money. But do you have to spend all sorts of money to be able to homeschool your kids? Is it going to be like a, a mini tuition payment every month? 
No, it is not. Now, if you have the budget and you want to spend it, there's nothing wrong with that. There's plenty of curriculum that's awesome and it's going to cost you a bit of money and it might be actually really good curriculum. Sometimes you get what you pay for. Sometimes the free stuff isn't always the best stuff, but I still think there are deals to be had and you can be really thrifty. We've homeschooled our entire you know, homeschooling adventure has been on one income. Now I do have side incomes that I bring in, but I'm not making a full-time income. Our family is not living on two full-time incomes. So I'm just telling you with five kids in my house, we do not spend that much money on homeschool. We look for the deals. We look for the best, you know, curriculum, but then we also look, you can look for it used on eBay. Some stuff, especially in kindergarten through eighth grade, you can do really cheaply because you can incorporate all the kids together, multiple ages. You can buy used curriculum, use the library. There is so much out there that if you're worried about the budget, you just need to know that you can do it even on a tight budget. And I'm going to link to a bunch of helpful posts in the show notes about that point. Okay, the next point is a really important one. It's let your kids be little. Let them be little kids. You're only going to have one childhood. Don't feel like your kindergartner, just because they turn five, they have to sit and do school all day long because now they're officially in school. Give them time to play. Let them be little. The academics will come and you're going to do, you're going to do them, right? But They don't need to be hardcore where they're sitting and filling out worksheets all day. There's nothing better than letting your children have the flexibility and the freedom to have a wonderful childhood. That means tons of play, playing outside, tons of reading, tons of hands-on activities. Let them be little. You don't have to strap them into a school desk and have them fill out tons of worksheets just because voila, they're in kindergarten and now they need to do this. So I really think that you need to take that pressure off yourself. I hear I hear uh, from a lot of new homeschool moms and they're like, okay, my child's in kindergarten. I need curriculum for science, history, math, language arts, and they, they think they have to get seven or eight different content areas covered. You know, we have to do all this, all these academics. You really don't focus on the foundations, focus on language arts, focus on reading phonics, and then focus on math. The other stuff is interest-led, it's passion-driven, it's natural learning through life and through the seasons and through, you know, um, current events and just like whatever else is just naturally in your child's life, turn it into a learning opportunity. So don't stress yourself out and feel like, well, I have to, I have to call the kids in from playing because they have to do their worksheets. You really don't. I, I always advise let the kids play. So that's just another thing that I think you should keep in mind when you're first starting out. Okay, I think we're up to point number six. And here's what I want you to know. You really can homeschool multiple ages without losing your mind. A lot of people think, well, I could never homeschool because I've got three kids, four kids, five kids. They're all at different grade levels. How in the world do you homeschool that many kids who are, you know, they're not all on the same grade level. And that's where you need to get yourself out of a public school mindset where everyone is segregated by their so-called grade level. Listen, there's hardly any kids, even in public school, that are, you know, fourth grade level on every content area, on every subject. Kids don't fit into a perfect little box like that. You might know this from your own personal experience. You might have a child who is way above their reading level, their graded reading level, but maybe they're a little bit behind in math or maybe they're average in math. You know, they're not always going to be perfectly on grade level with every subject. So you need to realize that you can totally 
homeschool multiple ages? Well, first of all, if you have high schoolers, I hope they're really independent. I have three high schoolers this year out of my five kids. And while I need to help them kind of a lot at the beginning of the school year, just getting into certain subjects and figuring out what's required. Once they know what's required, they're pretty independent and I'm just here to help them if they get stuck. Now, of course, young the younger the kids are, the more they need you because they're not reading yet or they just need a lot more help getting their assignments done and learning. And then as they grow, you want them to be more independent, but you can definitely in kindergarten through eighth grade, teach a lot of subjects together. They don't all need separate histories or science or foreign language or art or any of that. You can teach them all together. And we did this for many, many years with my four boys who are within five years of each other. We They, they did a lot together. The only thing they did separately was math and language arts, but we did all our read-alouds together as well. And it's a great way for being efficient when you have multiple ages to homeschool together. So there are lots of ways of doing it. I'll link to resources in the show notes, but just know that you really can homeschool multiple ages without losing your mind. All right, here's the seventh thing you need to know. You don't need to lesson plan. Now, this is another thing that might scare you. If you're first looking at homeschooling and you look on Facebook or wherever and you see all the homeschool moms saying, look at this big lesson planner, and they're writing out every page for every day of school that they're going to work on, and you might be like, whoa, this is overwhelming. Well, guess what? I'm a former teacher, and seeing these homeschool parents do that is even overwhelming to me. I had to have a lesson plan book in a public school classroom because you're required to most times, and you have to keep track of what page you were on with which class. And my principal expected that he could walk in my classroom, find my lesson plan book on my desk with the standards I was hitting with that lesson and all of that kind of stuff. When you're a homeschool parent, you just need to pick open and go curriculum. You don't need to write down what math lesson you're doing on day 135 of school this year. You just say, do the next thing. Just do the next thing. I've found that the best way to lesson plan for the year is just pick curriculum that's easy to open up and start where you left off. The other thing that keeps us sane is using work boxes in the younger years. And I'll link to a video in the show notes about that. And then also using Trello.com in the older years as like a digital way to keep track of their homeschool tasks and to be able to know like what the responsibilities are on a day-to-day basis and a great way. It's a great way for me to check up on my older kids as well. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, if this, if you've never heard of these things, work boxes or Trello or that kind of thing, definitely check the show notes and I'll link to a bunch of resources at 41more.com forward slash 78. But the main thing you need to know is you don't need a lesson plan. Okay. My next point is another don't. So I guess I'm doing a lot of things you don't need to do because maybe I think a lot of new homeschoolers feel pressure because you feel like there's all these expectations to be able to do it well or to be successful or everyone else is doing it. Well, just like I said, you don't need a lesson plan. I also want you to know that you don't need a homeschool room. You might be stressing out because your house is not big enough to dedicate one whole room to homeschooling. And I want you to know that in my many years of homeschooling, we've occasionally way back in the beginning when, when I had a baby and I had toddler and I had like preschoolers and elementary, young elementary kids, we did take one of the bedrooms and made it into a homeschool room. But then we we were sacrificing, you know, sleeping space. It worked for us for a short period of time. But honestly, 
it wasn't great. And then we've used our basement before. We had a basement homeschool room. And honestly, unless you have an awesome basement with tons of light, sometimes that can feel like you're in a dungeon. And we just didn't want to be down there. We wanted to be up in the kitchen where it was bright and close by so I could make cookies and we could eat our cookies while we did school, right? Who wants to be in the basement when you could be up in the living room and the kitchen? There's a reason that's the heart of the home because usually people like hanging out there. And so don't feel bad if you don't have a homeschool room. There are so many pictures online that make you think that you have to have, you have to go out and buy new furniture and new bookshelves and all this thing. And honestly, you don't. That's another expense that if you don't want to spend it, you don't need to. And so I say you don't need a homeschool room. There's a lot of clever ways you can hide your books or your notebooks or your resources. You can carve out a closet or a hutch to make it like your school resource center where you keep all the supplies. And then you can have your kids, you know, just meet at the kitchen table every day to do school. They could even use book bags. I I recently saw a blogger that said they use a book bag method, a book bag hack, where all their supplies are in their book bag and they could even hang that in their bedroom and grab their their book bag at the beginning of the day and meet you at the table. And it's like almost like going to school. They're just keeping all their resources in their book bag. So I'll link to that um, other bloggers post as well. Cause I thought that was a creative solution. If you don't have a big room for keeping all the homeschool supplies, but I just want you to know, you don't have to have a dedicated homeschool room. You can totally homeschool at the kitchen table. Everyone can be together for some stuff. And then, you know, use your house just in a natural way to encourage that natural love of learning. So my ninth tip for you is to focus on the big picture. Don't get down in the weeds so much that you forget what you're doing, why you're homeschooling, where you're going. So when I said you don't need to lesson plan, you might think that you don't need to have any goals or any plan, but this is where focusing on the big picture really helps flesh it out. So what what are your goals this year? You know, you want your, your second grader to become more fluent in reading, or your big overarching goal for your kindergartner is that they will read, or your high school or you want them to be more independent and and be able to work through subjects on their own? Like, what are your big goals? Why are you homeschooling? And where do you want to see this child move throughout the year? I think that's a really important thing to realize. You don't need to be so focused on the nitty gritty details like of a lesson plan book, but it is good to have a big picture of your goals and where you're going. Okay. Number 10, sleep late you'll never regret it. I know this isn't always possible when you have little kids and babies. I remember those years and I thought I'd never get a full night's sleep again in my life. And now that my kids are older, it's great. I can sleep in and they're independent. They can get started with school without me. And I literally can stay up late doing whatever I want, working, you know, watching a movie with my husband. I can sleep in so that I'm not a crabby mommy in the morning and they're fine. And I love that flexibility. Some of your kids need a lot more sleep. I have a few of them that actually need a lot more sleep and I don't wake them up. I let them naturally wake up. Some of my other kids are naturally early birds. They get up and they know that if they start early, they're going to finish with their day a lot sooner. So I think let kids go with their natural rhythms and do it with yourself as well. If you're an early bird, then you know do the early bird thing. Get up and get your own self going. Have some free time in the morning for yourself. If you're a night owl, you know want to stay up late and sleep in, I say do it because that's part of the flexibility of homeschooling and I think you should embrace it. Okay, number 11, 
You can learn as you go. You don't have to know everything when you start homeschooling. So I think invest in books, invest in podcasts, conferences, but definitely learn as you go. I know a lot of parents are scared because they, they're homeschooling a kindergartner and they think, but how will I teach chemistry? And they're thinking about like way far in advance in the future. Listen, there are so many resources for you. Some of the stuff you'll never have to teach. You'll outsource it or, you know, whatever, but you can learn as you go. You don't need to know everything. Remember when you became a parent for the first time? Did you know everything there was to know about parenting? Of course not. You got this little tiny baby and you just learned as you went and you grew into your role as a parent. The same thing is going to happen in your role as a homeschool mom. You're going to grow into it and you can totally learn as you go. So tip number 12 is to realize that you can't do it all, so you need to know your limitations. Remember, you're adding homeschooling onto, maybe you work already full-time or part-time, maybe you volunteer, maybe you take care of family members, maybe you have a side business, maybe you, well, of course you have your house to take care of as well. So depending on your situation, I know you have more on your plate than just homeschooling, but homeschooling is adding a whole nother dimension to your life. And it really is like a full-time job, especially for part of the day when you have to be focused on it for it to go smoothly. So know your limitations and be okay with letting some things go maybe your house is not going to be as clean as it used to be. Maybe, you know, you're going to do pizza night every once in a while and you're not going to be able to cook this wonderfully healthy meal like you would love to do. Or, you know, maybe you're not going to be able to volunteer as much as you used to, but you have to be okay in this season of life to know your limitations, what you can handle and just realize you can't do it all and that's okay. You're human and you need to know what you're capable of. So go ahead and set some boundaries, decide what's important to you right now in this season, just for this year. Doesn't mean you can't do these things ever again, right? So if you have to step down from a volunteer activity, doesn't mean that you'll never be able to do it again. But for this season, it's okay to make changes because you need to know your limitations. Okay, we're almost done. Just two more things that I feel like every new homeschool mom needs to know. The next one is that you can homeschool high school. And some of you are starting with little kids. And I said, homeschool's a long, uh, high school's a long way away and you will learn as you go. Maybe you're jumping in, you pulled your kids out of school and you're homeschooling high school right now. Maybe this is the first year you're homeschooling and all of a sudden you have a high schooler. You really can do it. There's lots of help online, lots of resources, and don't feel guilty about outsourcing the teaching. It's a, it's totally fine. Like my high schoolers, I've outsourced their math. I technically could do it, but it's been a while since I've done this, obviously high school math. And so I would be a bit rusty in it. I was really good in it in high school. I, you know, I would under, I could understand it. No problem. So I probably could help them by just, it's just not something I feel like I can invest in as they need help here and there with three different math curriculums on the high school level. So I've outsourced that and I don't feel bad at all. So know your limitations, even with what you can teach. And then you can homeschool high school because a lot of it can be outsourced. You can do dual enrollment and your high schoolers are much more independent than like say a public school high schooler is meant to believe. 
public school high schoolers are, are kind of dependent on their teacher. They need the lecture. They need the notes. They need the information. They, they're not actually being taught how to be independent learners in a classroom setting, but your homeschooled high schoolers can be taught to take the responsibility for their education on their own shoulders, and it doesn't need to be your burden. And I've seen that in my high schoolers' lives, lives and it's been super awesome to see them almost ready to leave the nest and be independent. So I want you to know whether you're starting with little kids this year and you're looking years down the future, or whether you're starting with some older teens right now, I want you to know that you can homeschool high school. Check out my high school resources in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 78. Okay, we made it. We're on to number 14, the very last thing that I think every new homeschool mom should know. And here's what I want to leave you with today. You are the expert in your child's life. No one knows them better than you do. This is why even though I have a, a education certificate, a teaching certificate and credentials, I don't think that I'm any more um, qualified than the average loving mom to homeschool her kids. The thing is, those teaching credentials are pretty important in the system, and I guess you need to know how to grade on a bell curve, and I guess we need to know you know, classroom management, and we need to know our content area stuff, but honestly, you as a as a mom who I'm assuming you graduated from high school at least, and you went through the system, shouldn't you know how to teach your kids in elementary school? Aren't you smart enough to be able to go ahead and and uh, facilitate an education for them at home? Of course you are, because you know them better than the teacher down the street. A teacher is, there's no way a teacher can really know each of the kids in their class. They might try to, there are great teachers and I'm not putting teachers down in any respect because I used to be one of them in the classroom, but you are the expert in your child's life. The teacher is not. Even with kids with learning disabilities, don't ever underestimate what you as a parent can do by just educating yourself and learning what needs to be done. I have one child that's dyslexic and he went to a private school for two years. And honestly, the quality of what he got there was subpar to what I could give him at home just because it's once again, a classroom setting and it's not ideal. It's not efficient. When you're homeschooling, you're basically tutoring one-on-one. One, even if you have multiple kids, you're able to deal with your kids one by one and help them with their struggles. So, I want you to realize that as a caring parent who's constantly educating themselves, you are the expert in your child's life. No one knows them better than you do, and that's why you can be an awesome homeschool parent. Wow, that was a lot of truth in this episode. I hope I've helped you get your expectations on straight for the new school year. Take off those rose-colored glasses, give you a bit of realism, but also a lot of hope that this homeschooling thing is totally possible. You can do it. I have a lot of resources for you. Definitely check out the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 78. Have an amazing homeschool year. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling. Happy homeschooling.